So if you're of a political persuasion that whatever Israel does, America stands with her and she's right and all of that. I'm like, you have not thought this through. Uh, if you're of the political persuasion that um, Israel is is the aggressor in all things and will not compromise. And so you're kind of on the other side of that, the, the kind of the Hamas side, then you have not thought this through. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that takes a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We will look at how our unique and diverse lives intersect with thousands of people on a regular basis and how the gospel intersects with each facet and issue that we face. Join us as we look at how we can set our eyes on the life of Christ as a source of compassion for each of our relationships. Our hosts include Pastor Jeff Bogue, Senior Pastor at Grace Church of Greater Akron, Bishop Joey Johnson, Senior Pastor at the House of the Lord, and Pastor Coach Kemp Boyd, Pastor and Executive Director for Love Akron. Keep listening as we cross paths on today's episode of The Intersection. I'd like to welcome everybody to another installment and episode of the Intersection Podcast here where we want to intersect our lives not only with each other, but see how Jesus intersects with us in all these different areas within our lives. So as always, um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm riding shotgun to them is Bishop Joey Johnson, um, founding pastor of House of the Lord here in Akron, Ohio, and Pastor Jeff Bogue, who is the pastor of Grace Church um, out of Bath and surrounding areas and locations across, across our county. And always riding with us is our special guest, Dr. Daniel Hawk of Ashland University. Thank you, brother, so much for being with us on another episode of The Intersection. It's good to be together. Pleasure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So before we kind of get into our topic today, where we're going to be talking in our second installment about the color of God, um, things have happened in our world since the last time we were together especially over in Palestine. So I just want to give each and every one of you just an opportunity to kind of lean in to acknowledge that and and just kind of you, your thoughts about it. Um, but also, what, what do you feel like is happening and going on right now and how it's affecting us as a body of believers? So um, whoever would like to throw that out, I'm going to start with Bishop Joey Johnson first. So Bishop kind of, you know, I want to give you an opportunity and space to acknowledge it. And I'm going to do the best I can to keep us on pace and on format. And I say that tongue in cheek because we always know how this goes here on the intersection. We just continue to intersect, but go ahead, Bishop. Well, I'm glad I'm going first because uh, off camera, um, Big Jeff said he was gonna give us the straight, he was gonna straighten us out. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna get first so I can be straightened out later on. Uh, you know, we're, we're really still in the same uh, vein. We're still in the same camp, dealing with the same thing, because we're dealing with various perspectives of God. Uh, and, and this, what's going on with Hamas and Israel goes all the way back to two brothers. Uh, it's, it's biblical. And unfortunately, we are operating, which will allow us to talk about, about where we are from a Western perspective. The views that we get on what's going on in Israel, the views that we are dealing with are basically views that come from a Western worldview. I was shocked the first time my one of my anthropology professors came and was, we were talking and I innocently mentioned something about Israel and, and he had a conniption. He went off. I was like, oh my God, what, are you all right? And he said, listen, I used to live on the West Bank. I don't want to hear anything about Israel and those people and how mean they are. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm not sure. Are you going to be okay? Uh, I'm number one. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard this view before. Uh, number two, all I, all we get is Western news perspectives of what's going on there. Number three, uh, because we are Americans, uh, America's always right, no matter what's going on, um, and Israel's always right. We've seen the the president come strongly on the side of Israel. It almost is, is like um, there could not there couldn't be another point of view. 
So it's a very interesting uh, topic. And I, I've just got up in church and told people, look, I stand, I'm for peace. And I'm really concerned for the people who have no voice, who are being uh, injured, bombed, killed on both sides. Um, so that's not being talked about as much in America. That's not being dealt with, but I think we have to deal with it. And then that brings us into full um, reality of what does the Bible teach and how do we apply that to the day? Thank you, Bishop. I appreciate that. Pastor Jeff. Well, I, I would agree with a chunk of that. You know, we this is what you're watching right now is not geopolitical events alone, although you are watching geopolitical events. What you're watching is a, um, a spiritual battle that has played out um, since Abraham. And uh, it's not coincidental that it's playing out in the geographic region that the uh, that that the Israelites would have called Israel, and that we would call the nation of Israel. So, I was at I was in uh, Jerusalem a few years ago, and uh, was standing at the Wailing Wall with a friend, and he commented on how much security there was around us. Uh, and I said, "Well, I said, don't forget, you are at the the most contested piece of dirt in the history of humanity." And you're standing on it right now. And he laughed a little bit. He goes, well, I didn't think about it that way. I'm like, well, it's that way. You know, Jerusalem's changed hands back and forth. Um, there, is a, there is a uniqueness about Jerusalem in the Bible that has to be taken into some kind of account. And you, you look at the religious tension that's there. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism almost share Jerusalem in equal parts, even the Temple Mount itself. Um, that is not just uh, history playing out. That is some kind of a spiritual uh, overtone that's playing out. So when, when I look at this, um, I see that also, what, what uh, Bishop was saying. I see a, a spiritual battle uh for some reason, uh, the scripture and Jerusalem is the geographical kind of uh, fulcrum point of that. And uh, that's why it's contested back and forth. So I kind of look at that in one category. And depending on your theology, that informs your eschatology, which informs kind of the way that you would read the scripture and the way that you would even operate a church today. And so there's kind of that conversation that's a big one. Um, and I, I've had that and I, I'm sure there's a, like, I have other podcasts that that's been on and I'm sure that uh, the professor and Bishop have both done that as well. Right. So that's a big conversation. When I look at the current events today, um, the history in the last say 200 years, especially the, the Palestinians would definitely see Israel as a conqueror and as a occupier. And they would view the West Bank as the way that a Native American would think about an Indian reservation. They were forced into a place they don't want to be, and their land was stolen from them, and they were powerless in that. Nation, uh, Israel then is an established nation, which has massive ramifications in my view spiritually the fact that the nation of israel could not have been found on a map for thousands of years and now we find it on a map is a big deal but it would be viewed as a occupier conqueror and an occupied and conquered people um, so that's a part of it and there there is oppression in that, there is human rights in that that become a, a big deal and a big question that need to be dealt with and invested in. Then you have this terrorist act. And the, the, the argument is, is this terrorism against a established nation with a government and borders, etc.? Or is this like freedom fighting, you know? And so... When you look at the brutality, you look at the terror aspects of it, in my view, it becomes a very complicated question. 
If you view it as terrorism, then you have a nation, Israel, who's established, who is using their uniformed army to defend themselves and to root out terrorism. If you view it as occupation, uh, and it, it's a resistance, it's the French resistance of World War II, then you would view it differently. But it's definitely um, into the realm of, well, now we're at war. And Hamas uh, committed an act that ignited a war. And now the horrors and the morality and the ethics of war are now all in play. And when you start a war, uh, the, the one who has the most might wins the war. And so you're watching that play out. And I'm, I'm kind of with Bishop there. I'm for peace because I think Christ is too. Others would say, well, there's justice. I'm like, you got a point. It's a real conversation. Others would say there's oppression. I'm like, you can't ignore that. Um, and, then, and then what happens is people kind of line up on the side. What I would say to the church is I would say, don't respond to the nation of Israel politically. Respond spiritually to them. And don't respond to the, the, um, the atrocities or the injustices of the West Bank politically. You need to respond to that spiritually. And those tend to be complicated uh, questions. So I'm not. I'm really not trying to uh, walk a tightrope. I I'm trying to wrestle with an issue. And what I see a lot of, uh, you know, I I would be in a evangelical camp, a conservative evangelical camp. I don't like the rushing to Israel does nothing wrong. I'm like, well, that's naive. Uh, it's like saying America has never done anything wrong. I'm like, that's that's completely naive. I also don't rush to the other side because when a nation is attacked, it's kind of a consensus that a nation has a right to defend itself. And then you get into the conversations of how did the nation become the nation and all the rest. So it's a very complicated issue that I, that I think we should think through in, a, in a, um, a way that we struggle with something. We just don't come to easy, uh, simple political answers about it. Dr. Hawk, I'm I'm really interested in hearing your perspective. Well, thank you. I'm I'm actually interested in hearing a little more of Pastor Jeff's. Uh, so, <laughs> before I launch into uh, any kind of opinion, uh, and I, I'm just wondering, Jeff, if you could tease out a little bit about what you mean if I heard you correctly that we need to think and respond to this not in terms of in, for, respond to Israel, not in the complicated situation in the Middle East, not in geopolitical terms, but spiritually. And I guess I'm wondering if I heard you correctly, I'm interested in, in what you mean by that, both positively why we should respond spiritually and what that looks like, and why the geopolitical element is not, not where we should be in terms of our Christian focus? I think, I really think when, um, what I see oftentimes in the Christian church is we respond based off of political platforms instead of the heart and the mind of Christ. So if you're of a political persuasion that whatever Israel does, America stands with her and she's right and all of that. I'm like, you have not thought this through. Uh, if you're of the political persuasion that um, Israel is is the aggressor in all things and will not compromise. And so you're kind of on the other side of that, the, the kind of the Hamas side, then you have not thought this through. Um, what I mean by spiritually is that we need to let the scriptures define our view of all things. And so to me, that becomes very, very important where Israel and Jew Jews, Judaism, obviously in scripture has a unique place in the view and the eye of God. There's a uniqueness to it. 
And I would say, and so do the poor, and so do the weak, and so do the oppressed. And so to wrestle that stuff through, um, is it right that you you come into an innocent uh, people and you uh, lash out at innocent people because of their government? That's terrorism. So when you crash through the gates, you go into people's homes, you behead children, you you rape women, you kill the innocent. That is terrorism because you're angry with a government, but you're punishing a people. Um, that's what that is. If a government goes back in and there's uniforms and there's strategy, there's openness, that's a nation defending itself. That's what that is. So you can think about that stuff. And then I would say, okay, you can define that, but now go back to the roots. Um, was, was the French resistance supposed to be submissive to the Nazis who conquered France? And so it becomes a very complicated issue quickly. And I think for the believer, instead of uh, just picking a side, which is a political argument, I think wrestling through that and saying, how do we protect the innocence on both sides? Most of those people on the West Bank, they don't want anything to do with terrorism either. They want their children to live and they want a home and they want an opportunity. So when you say, well, they're all the same, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. Of course, they're not all the same. And then when you say, um, well, the Jews had it coming because they're a part of Israel, I'm like, well, that's that's ridiculous. Of, of course, that's not what that is. And then if you say, well, it's just a, it's just a political hot box. I'm like, no, it's, it's too much in the scripture. There's a spiritual warfare. Um, so as a believer, my response is tied with justice, is tied with compassion, is tied with prayer. In my view, it's tied with eschatology, what God is doing on, on the end of time in a global scale. And I have to like consider all of this as opposed to throwing up a banner and saying, this is the team that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And and I think sometimes as Christ followers, the, the political arena has affected the church way too much. And I mean that on the right and the left. And the way of Jesus is a different way. And it's a way that the, the spirit of God has to uh, inform us and lead us on. And that's the way we should be looking for. And that should be what informs our views. I don't know if that answered your question or not. Yeah, I appreciate you fleshing that out. And there's a lot that you said that I can, I can connect with and say yes. I guess my first response in the way that I've been praying and the way that we've been praying here at the seminary is, is Lord have mercy. Yeah. Uh, if people ask, well, where's Jesus in this? Well, I, I believe he's with the the Israeli mothers who've lost children and, and who are have seen children kidnapped. I believe he's with the Palestinian mothers and who are losing, uh, who are grieving their own uh, huge losses. Um, so that's that's the first place. I think where we should be is is in that place where um at, at some point, we, by, by virtue of grieving and lamenting, highlight the suffering and just the atrocity of this whole situation. Um, the, the other piece, I, and I, I'm not going to say a whole lot here, but, but um, <clears throat> you, you did make the connection between uh, Israel and Palestine and the United States and indigenous peoples and reservations. And that's, it's one of the questions I ask is, and I, I think I know the answers to it, but I ask it anyway, why is, uh, why is the United States so much on the side of Israel can do no wrong? Um, so, there, there's been an identity 
with is in the in the American psyche with Israel since colonial times. We we were the new Israel. We thought of ourselves as the new Israel. A white settler America thought of itself as 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 an Israel that was uh, destined by God to um, and and even in the colonial period to bring in an end time harvest. So there's there's in a sense there's an identification that we have in the United States with Israel today, wherein I think part of that identification is we we see our story in Israel's story. Mm. So that, for example, when Israel constructs illegal settlements settlements on lands that uh, have already been safeguarded and reserved for for Palestine and and uh, in various ways uh, replicate what we did as a nation. There's a sense in which I think we're willing to look away from that. And um, I think we're inclined more to to hear and identify with Israel than we are to hear and identify with uh, the Palestinians. Uh, 10 to 20 percent of whom, by the way, are our Christian brothers and sisters. So uh, you're, you're right. This is a complex situation. And even talking in it in one way or another, I think we need to be raising questions about the violence. I mean, so you you talk about um, you know, here are here's Hamas. Um, and it, it is a huge atrocity. What they did was just blatant savagery. But but attacking uh, people um, in in the way that they they did uh, as a kind of attacking I think you put it attacking uh, government or not the people on behalf of the government or something like that. Which, but that's the same thing that's going on in in the other direction as well. Right now, uh, Israel is exacting a ten to one casualty rate as against the Palestinian people in response to their government. So we have people on both sides who are suffering because of geopolitical commitments made by the elites of both nations. And, and that's, I think we need to be the people who say, who, who, who are on the side of those who are bruised and oppressed and brutalized. And we need to be the people that step into a, a gap which is highly polarized in our nation about what we, and I think you put it well, on the extremes and using the Bible to say, you know, this is why we're yeah. right. We should be the people that, that first of all, call, call into a, raise up the level of suffering and violence here and say, this must end. And we're going to be people who are invested in seeing a way, seeing a way for peace. Bishop Johnson. Um, Pastor Jeff has done a brilliant job of highlighting the complexity of the situation. This is extremely complex. There's nothing simple about it in any direction. Dr. Hawk has done an excellent job of bringing us, I think, to where what we ought to do about that complexity. I think the ultimate question is what Dr. Hawk is beginning to hit on, and that is whose side is God on? And when you begin to ask that question, uh, Brother Jeff has highlighted whose side is God on biblically, whose side is God on geopolitically, whose side is God on, you could ask that question from any number of angles, but it brings us back to what we're talking about, the reason I, wrote, I raised the question in the beginning of uh, the last time we were on. So is God white or black? Is God Hamas or is he Israeli? Is God, and so in, in a sense, mm -hmm. geopolitically, we begin to answer the same question the way we would answer it spiritually. Whose side is God on? Mm -hmm. And I think we have to, if the church is to be the church, we must expand our viewpoint of whose side he's on because very much the politicization and the polarization of that question causes us to see God in very narrow terms. And I think the church has got to be the one to expand 
the view, expand the, 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 the monocles, expand the glasses, expand whatever it is we're talking about until we see God as not a God of one people, one race, one geopolitical party, or one anything. And that's our problem in America. The same thing we're talking about here is the same thing we're talking about over there. In America, God is very much white. Now, I was reading uh, this morning um, out of um, a book on exclusion and embrace by um, Miroslav Wolf. Yeah. And he was bringing up some of these exact same issues uh, in terms of who do we embrace and who do we exclude and how that works from a Christian uh, perspective. And so even though Christians would be easy, it's easy for us to say God is neither black nor white. God is neither Hamas nor Israeli. God has no ethnicity. God has no gender. God, And that would be technically, philosophically correct. And yet our interaction with him is always through those lenses. I, yeah, we lost Bishop there for a minute. I, th yeah. I think, um, I think what, uh, what you're saying, Dr. Hawk is, is, is what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, Israel is a, Jewish nation, it's very difficult to be a Christian in Israel. Mm. And, and so I'm like, there, there's, if you, if you move the question out of political terms, and I'm using that term very broadly, and you put it in spiritual terms, I, I'm, I'm looking and I'm saying as the church, and, and, and you said this too, Bishop, as the church, we should be looking for the third way. And, and that does not mean that you endorse the other side. So when, it doesn't mean that you look and say, uh, you know, terrorism's okay because people are oppressed. I'm like, no, that's not Christ's view. It also doesn't mean that you look and say, as long as a country has a uniform on, they can do what they want. I'm like, no, what, what are we talking about here? The, the, the third way is the way of Christ and when when Jesus looks at what's happening in that region of the world, it grieves him. It should motivate the followers of Christ to to bring a different perspective. Do one Google search, and you can find complete uh, information on the on the perspective of the right and the perspective of the left. You won't hear the voice of Christ anywhere in it. So it's the church of Jesus that raises a different voice and raises a, a different way. Uh, it's the church, it's it's Jesus who says we love our enemies. And then it, the question is like, what does that mean? And does that mean that your enemy can abuse you? And what about our children? I'm like, yeah, that's what we should be wrestling with as opposed to who has better weapons. Um, and and it, it's not the political ideas start as ideas and so it's not a fast solution it's not a like if you, if we started talking about should there be a ceasefire right now i'm like well that's another conversation we're not we're not having that level of the conversation i think what grieves me what when i say i think we have to respond spiritually is it grieves me when the church does not respond in the voice of Christ, we respond in the voice of whatever political arm that we would identify ourselves with, or in our own voice. And it, it's a it's an interesting thing. Like when when you, when Japan bombs Pearl Harbor, does the United States have to respond? Well, I think you have to say, yeah. Well, then you ask a question later on do we have to bomb Hiroshima? And, and, and I'm like, that's a very complicated question. And then ask the question personally. Um, I was just in Hiroshima this, this summer. So it's very, it's very powerful to be there. So do we have to, do we have to drop the nuke on them? It's a different question. And then ask the question on a personal level, if my boys 
were on those boats to invade the mainland of Japan, what do I want the president to do? Do I want him to invade or do I want him to drop the bomb? And as a Christ fault, I'm not sure that there's like these clean little answers that, you know, I don't think you're going to write a pamphlet and, and, but I, as a Christ follower, I'm like, we should wrestle with that. Like that, that should wrench our hearts in some way. And we should search the heart and the mind of Jesus, not just throw out some answer. Well, they started it. So they got nuked. And, and this issue is, is, uh, is like that. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of innocence in the middle of all of this. And I don't, I get burdened that the church would give a very simple answer. And it, what that tells me usually is we didn't wrestle with the heart of Jesus to, to, to try to come to the position we are, even if our positions might disagree somehow. Um, I don't think we did the work of like actually formulating one. And um, I don't know that that's what I mean by respond spiritually with it. Well, I you know, agree. I, I went off when I was talking. So I, all I was saying was we have to wrestle with who God is. That is the pre that's the question I think is the preeminent question. And often uh, Pastor Jeff is saying we don't do that. We're, uh, we're arguing from some other perspective and calling it supreme, paramount. Um, so we have to go back and say, who is God and how, do, how would God want us to respond to that? And I like Jeff's um, talking about the heart of Christ because that is precisely and powerfully where the church ought to be, but won't have as much impact in a world where they don't even believe Christ is the son of God. <laughs> so so well, you have to deal with where is God in the, all of this? So I, I want to go back to, because I think that's been the word I've been writing down from a theme perspective is this wrestling, right? Which is uncomfortable, which is hard. It's not a quick fix. And we live in a culture that's a doing culture, right? So we want to be high achievers. We want to accomplish a whole lot. We want to be ultra competitive and productive. Um, however, we don't want to wrestle, which which is going to take time. So I, I kind of want to marry these two things, if I can, from a standpoint of it's hard to, for us to wrestle with these things of God because we're only wrestling with them from one perspective. Going back to your point, Bishop, as far as us seeing God through the lens of our own ethnicities, colors, all these different types of things, which really makes the wrestling not sustainable or it makes it more easy because I just see it this way. Whereas if I'm trying to wrestle with this, then I am going to reach out. Like this is kind of the reason why we're doing this podcast, right? We're wrestling through these things together as brothers to be able to say, hey, again, it's not agreement, but we're starting to align towards yeah, man, we got to be able to wrestle with this from these different perspectives, from not looking at it from a geopolitical perspective, but looking at it from a, a spiritual one based on who God is, what would God call us to do, and wrestling through some of that. So is that some of the process, or is that the beginning for us as the church? And I'm just throwing it out there, yeah. is to start yeah. this wrestling. Yes, yeah. so Jacob, probably one of the most powerful Old Testament metaphors of, of relationship with God as Jacob wrestling with God. And that's what we really don't want to do. And that's what we avoid, uh, as Pastor Jeff has uh, talked about and Dr. Hawk is hitting on so eloquently, because we think we already have the answer. We think we already know the answer. But wrestling with God would take us to a far different point than wrestling with our geopolitical views or wrestling with what we think the Bible says. Um, what is the heart of God? Uh, and that's, we're going to be wrestling with that until Jesus comes. And it's okay. So Bishop, for our, for our audience out there, is it okay for us as believers to wrestle with God? I believe is it's that one of the most difficult questions, one of the most difficult positions in Christianity it's okay to wrestle. Yeah, for sure. In fact, I think we have to. 
it, because we're fine. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We, we, if you think you've downloaded God, then you're actually violating scripture by having mm -hmm. that, you know, so we're being renewed by the transforming of our mind. Our salvation is being worked out with fear and trembling. Uh, we're being matured and completed through our trial. I mean, that, that's the, that's the gig uh, to, to go through all of that. And so I'd be, I think I I definitely think you can have certainty in in certain aspects of your, of your walk with God, but I hope you would have wrestled with it first. I'll give you an easy example. Um, uh, how much of my money is mine to use? Mm. And so, when when's the last time you prayed and asked God if it was okay to buy a new car? Well, you, you you go and check the budget. You don't go and check the spirit. You know, so if everything is my father's, shouldn't I wrestle to some degree with how I spend my father's money that he's entrusted to me? So this is probably what we say more is being led by the spirit mm -hmm. uh, or being conformed to the word of God is probably the way we say it. But that's all the wrestling of my life is not mine. My my perspective, my opinion is not to be mine. It's all meant to be shaped. Well, that's wrestling with God in every way. Dr. Hawkins, you started to say something. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to remember what I was going to say, but I'll, I'll move <laughs> on. And 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 actually, I, I think this is a really important discussion and, and this idea of complexity. Where is the heart of God? It's compassion. Uh, I, it's it's if we ask what is God's aim, it's to bring peace. Uh, in the midst of sometimes ungodly and and awful messes. So this idea, I appreciate this idea of wrestling, but um, and one of the things I'm I'm thinking about, there's kind of wrestling that's I feel okay doing, and then there's wrestling that I do not want to to deal with in any way, shape, or form. So and some of those, I think. I think it takes a great deal of courage to wrestle with the really hard things, Bishop, that you've been bringing up in terms of how does my locatedness uh, in uh, in my society, in my community, in my nation, in my church home, uh, how do what are those assumptions that I just don't question because there's so much a part of where I am and where I feel comfortable. Where what are those assumptions that I really need to examine? Um, and and really ask myself, for example, uh, Pastor, you 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 talk, for example, about Hiroshima. Um, and that, that's another huge issue there. Uh, but I think uh even in the sec in secular society and what's called the 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 rule the rule of nations uh there are there are certain and even in the christian tradition there are certain moral characteristics that define yeah. a war and one of even within a secular world order one of the things you do not do is target civilians yeah yeah that is beyond the pale and yet uh, often I ask myself, we Christians in the United States seem at many points to be too quick to endorse ungodly massive violence for, this, for the sake of upholding our Christian nation or defending our Christian nation or whatever things we, we, we want to bring to bear to, to justify that. So there's, there's this whole set of complex of assumptions that we bring in, in what does the Bible say? What is central to the Bible? And as, as we've noted, none of us has the final answer. We need each other to work together and honor each other, honor the perspectives that, that we bring from our various spaces, and then engage in this hard conversation about um, what we're going to do as the people of God, how we're going to approach this. And that is a conversation, it seems to me, at present in the United States, a lot of people don't want to have. We don't want to go back there. We don't no. want to, as a, speaking as, a, as a, 
you know, a lot of white people don't want to go back and say, are there things that may uh, we may have done that were not good, that warped us in in important ways, warped our perspective, warped our idea of who God is, how to, and and we 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 clothe God in our image. Are there ways that we've done that? And now, and, and we felt good with that. And now we have other folk who are saying, well, uh, this history that y'all have been telling for like the last 200 years, it's not our story. Right. It's not our history. And we don't want to hear that. But it seems to me, and this is my last kind of takeaway, it seems to me that we, the church, are, are the community that most of all knows how important confession and examination and hard wrestling is for the Amen. world peace in the world. Amen. Brother, Brother Kemp, let's, let me just say that, um, and then I, I'll, I'll get out the way, but yeah. you know, at some point, I'm going to tell you to write something down, so this is your chance. Well, you, it better be quick, because we're wrapping up here, Bishop. Okay. The, you ain't been on your game today. There, there is... Uh, <laughs> We are willing in America to do to wrestle around intellectual certainties, but we are unwilling to wrestle around relational intimacies that should surround the cross. So not a problem. We don't we don't mind wrestling, but what do we want to wrestle with? What are the areas that we need to wrestle with? And then that's what Dr. Hawk is bringing up. Some of those areas we don't even want to touch, much less wrestle with. And we've got to get back to what wrestling around those relational intimacies that include every perspective, because the cross would do that, because Jesus would do that. He would include them, whereas many of the intellectual realities that we're talking about would exclude people. They would not include them. Amen. I, I think that is, uh, that's brilliant, Bishop, and and that I know that that's my heart. And, and I, I, when, um, as a pastor, I said to my church, uh, a, a bit ago, I, I, for years and years and years, I said, people don't come to church to find God. They come to church because they have problems. And if you can meet them at their problems, you can take them and help them find God. And after COVID, I changed that because our world changed and, and or maybe our world was exposed. I don't know, but things are different. And what I say now is here's the temptation. People don't come to church to find God. They come to church to be agreed with. And if you disagree with me, you're dead to me. Come on now. And and what I'm whether it's the Middle East or it's it's racial things or it's anything as a Christ follower. My position is not, should not be, to find a way for Jesus and his word, the Bible, to reinforce my opinions. My position should be to be changed by Christ. And that is, in its nature, a difficult thing. It's so difficult that it has to be done supernaturally. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And, and, when you run to your preconceived ideas, when you won't hear another uh, brother or sister's viewpoint or pain or story, uh, when you look at something that's geopolitical and you're like, well, I know what team I'm on. I'm like, really? In in three minutes, you figure, I mean, that blows my mind, you know, that you would <laughs> know that quickly. That's what I mean by like, no, whether we're teaching about racial issues or parenting, like, like all of it is to be formed by Christ yeah, and, and it is to be worked through um, on a high levels by the church and on a personal level by my relationship with Christ empowered and directed by the Holy Spirit. And I would just say to our listeners and even other pastors, I'm like, this is why the voice of the church is, is lost authority because mm -hmm. you're just echoing somebody else. But when you really wrestle through and find what Christ is saying, what what the what the whole of the Bible teaches, Old New Testament, like you're not going to find these clean pathways, um, but you will find the way of Christ in there. And and he's Jesus is not a straddle the fence; he makes his own way, and that's the way I think we should follow with it. 
Listen, man, this is as always. <laughs> Bishop, you, you said we like to wrestle around intellectual, was it certainties? Certainties. Certainties. In America, we want to be sure. When we're sure. I know that I'm saved. I know what's right. I yeah. know what's wrong. But but intellectually unwilling to wrestle with exclusion and embrace. So, man, you all are. This is really good. So something that we may want to just consider and think about, I ask you, you, you uh, Bishop, Pastor Jeff, man, to pray through this because I think there's an opportunity for us to almost be able to teach a series just on this in both of your respective churches, hmm. right? This wrestling concept and how we, we, we enjoy, matter of fact, we celebrate wrestling around this and we kind of deter ourselves or become uncomfortable when maybe God is ushering us into wrestle around this. And so I think both of you have said it. I don't know how y'all do it, but y'all both, I, I need to hear about these series going on at Grace and at House of the Lord and y'all are teaching them on simultaneous Sundays or in Bible studies or something. Yeah. Because this, this becomes the body itself being equipped from differing perspectives, right? Whether it be racially, whether it be demographically or where we all live. But I, I just think it's beautiful. And as always, I appreciate your all's time. And I, I think, you know, thank God for our listeners tuning in as always, as we continue here on the intersection, really wrestling with who, who God is calling us to be for such a time like this, for our communities, for our cities, for our worlds. And we encourage you, if you have any questions, please reach out to us on the intersection at um, the, the intersection.org. Um, and so um, please reach out to us with your questions. Follow us on all of the streaming and podcast platforms that are out there. And we look forward to seeing you next time and another episode of The Intersection, which is going to be taking place, I believe, January the 4th, we're going to be doing a special, special Martin Luther King Jr. edition of The Intersection, where we're going to be talking about how do we, as a church, share the dream and continue yeah. that as we move forward and as we wrestle with it within ourselves um, so that we can expose it also to others. As always, thank you, Pastor Jeff, Bishop, Dr. Hawk, for your time. Thank you for your presence, for your wisdom, and you wrestling with us in this time, because I get to wrestle with y'all all the time. You know, keeping y'all <laughs> in line is a wrestling event. And the one thing people don't like about the wrestling either, they don't like those little singlets. No. Like, guys don't want to wear that no more. So, like, that, that. that's a big part of it, too. So, <laughs> the end really well. God bless you out there. Know that we love you, and let's continue to um, go, as, go as God goes. Love you. Please. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of The Intersection, where we look at how everything intersects and brings us all back to Jesus. You can subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. You can reach out to us with questions or comments at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And we'll see you next time at The Intersection.